Hey everybody, welcome to episode 21 of Making It. I'm Bob Claggett, here with David Pichuto and Jimmy Duresta. And uh, we're going to talk about Maker Faire, right? Is that what we're talking about? That sounds like fun to me. I don't think any of us have worked on anything in the last week. Oh, I have. Oh, you have? Okay, well, what are you you working on, David? Uh, I had a a slight fail. So right before I left, (laughs) I was making an end grain cutting board. And on the CNC, I cut out the shape of a hamburger. And I got some epoxy. I mixed some food coloring with that epoxy. And I filled in the, the inlay. And then I thought, great, that'll be dry when I get back. And so I get back from Maker Faire and it never dried. So uh, what'd you do? Um, I, th- I had a hard time mixing the food coloring and epoxy. I could see it wasn't mixing like water and oil. So I just stirred it for like five, six minutes. I'm like, all right, I think this is working. And then I think that mixture just would not cure. Killed. Yep. So, so you, you use proper food coloring and not a dye. Yes. Um, so the, the, the resin that I'm using is a food safe resin and I, and I wanted to color it and I thought, well, what could be safer than food coloring, right? It's for a cutting board. And I even emailed the the people that, that make the resin. I'm like, Hey, can I mix food coloring with this? And they said, you know, we don't, we don't know. Give it a shot. And <laughs> I emailed them back today. I'm like, Hey, by the way, it doesn't work if anybody ever asks. So I was going to finish up that video this week, but that has been shelved for a little bit. And then um, my rough draft of my book is due on Friday. And I just minutes ago, I just finished the last box. Nice. So now all I have okay. to do is lay out the last two chapters. And then from there, it'll just be revisions. That's great. You know, you could use SmoothOn makes um, a series of dyes from SmoothOn, the company. Okay. And uh, the dyes are sort of general purpose that work in many, many different materials. Of course, if it's a if it's a non smooth on product, just give it a test. But it's likely to work in pretty much any kind of epoxy. Okay. Of course, just give it a, just a little trial run to make sure before you put it on your project, because it is very potent. So if you put a, like a, even just a little tiny drop, will really give it, uh, you know, a potent color. It'll right. be diluted once you add it to your mix, but it it, it could potentially stain the wood for instance that's what i'm saying make sure you give it a test um, if it does if it doesn't work and it also tends to sit there and soak in the way you know you said that had some time to sit on dry yeah so i mean a, a, one thing to do is to wipe all that out and then like wipe like just soak it with the uh, sawdust like fine sawdust and just continue to wipe that out and you'll be able to get all that schmutz out that undried schmutz all right so yeah so and then like a little wire brush to clean out the tight corners and stuff I had kind of a similar experience with, I was trying to dye certain epoxies and it was a urethane epoxy. And the, I, I don't remember the type of dye that I got, but it, it would not ever set up. It was kind of the same way. It got really gummy, but it just never really got hard. But then using the exact same dye with the uh, West epoxy system worked great. Hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, something different about those two epoxies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's always good to just give it a test, especially if you use an epoxy that, I mean, it will dry right. relatively quickly. Yeah. Like, David, you were using an epoxy that was meant to dry overnight? Yes, but, uh, about 24 hours, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Was it Everlight? Was it was it uh, Evercoat? Uh, it's a new company. They're called Art Resin. And they okay. they just released their product a couple weeks ago. And uh, so we, uh, we made an agreement to do a couple sponsored videos. And that was yeah. going to be one of them. But um, I, obviously, I can't mix food coloring with it, so. Not to belabor the topic, but you could also, there's also powdered dyes too, which might also work pretty well with that. All right. Yeah. So what am I working on? I'm working on, uh, actually I'm getting some work done. I'm still on the road. I left uh, Maker Faire on Monday. I left 
I left San Francisco area, Bay Area on Monday, and I drove down the coast yesterday morning. I guess it was yesterday mo- Monday? No, what was yesterday? I have no idea. <laughs> so long. It's, it's Wednesday now. Oh, yeah. So I slept in L.A. on Monday night. So <laughs> I woke up in L.A., and uh, some, some people may have noticed I was in Nick Offerman's shop. I went to my brother's shop, and then I went to Nick's shop. They're about 10 miles apart. So I got to visit my brother for the first time in about a year with Matt at their shop. And uh, we just talked about some new projects we're going to try and develop over the year. And uh, then I went and saw Nick and I was going to take the canoe, but I decided against it just to make sure that I, we decided we're going to ship it just to drive it on the top of my truck without a roof rack, which is too dangerous. Um, and then in Midwest, there's, there's a couple of tornado warnings. So God forbid I drive through the Midwest and the canoe gets yanked off the truck. I'd feel horrible after all the work they put into it. So we're going to ship it properly huh. you know, in a because- closed trailer. Nick's yep. last book was called Paddle Your Own Canoe, but yet you're not going to paddle your own canoe. <laughs> I will once. That's right. It'll be Nick's. And in fact, today I posted, uh, yesterday I posted some of those pictures from, uh, you know, being in Nick's shop and then my brother's shop and the canoe. And, and then Bear Mountain Boats quoted underneath one of them just said, you know, just said hello. And Bear Mountain Boats is, uh, you know, the, 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 the beginning of it all for the, for the canoe project with Nick and I. And Bear Mountain's going to give me a canoe eventually when I'm ready to start mm-hmm. my canoe series. So I'm going to do a YouTube series on me making my own canoe once I make some space upstate because that's the best place to build it. Awesome. So I'm looking forward to that project as well. And uh, yeah, so I'm getting some work done on the road. We're going to be back in New York uh, probably Monday the 25th. Um, I'm currently in Palm Springs. And then um, we're going to be making our way up through Sedona. And Flagstaff, and then onward to uh, Oklahoma, and probably through Nashville. So, looking forward to the the road trip. It's fun. I really like being on the road, and finding new things, and meeting new people. Nice. Now, do you try to stop by like little antique stores and odd stores along oh, yeah. the way? Oh yeah, for sure. We're definitely stopping wherever we see kind of any oddballs, either suppliers or you know, I'm a big knife buff, so I like buying knives. And um, so I'm always looking. I just bought a couple knives on the road. I bought a one or two uh, hatchets. Uh, I bought a hatchet from a little shop in Wyoming, and um, I, it's a uh, it's it's a cool little hatchet from Scandinavia. Nice. So I'm excited. It's like razor sharp. It's pretty cool. It comes in its own little sheath. I'm sorry that my computer is making all these different noises. I don't know <laughs> what program is open that's allowing it to make all these binging sounds. Ah, no all worries. I see is. All I see is Skype and, and Illustrator is open, so I apologize to the listeners if you hear binging and dinging and all kinds of bells going off. I don't know which one. It could be one of the three of us. So uh, uh, have you seen any unique shops that you want to talk about so far? You know, I, I always jokingly say knife nerds this, knife nerds that, but I'm a knife nerd as well. And I noticed traveling across the United States that a lot of the knife shops I stopped at have the cheapest knives, total Really cheap, cheap knives, cheaply made and cheaply inexpensive, like for six, eight dollars. So finally, when I left San Francisco on the way down, kind of just above Big Sur, we stopped at a military surplus shop right along the coast that had lots of good quality knives, like mm-hmm. uh, Benchmade and uh, you know uh, Spyderco and a lot of like really good military knives. So I ended up uh, buying a couple knives from those guys. So I ended up spending about four hundred dollars there. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> Bob, yeah, have so, you done anything since you've been back? Um, I stayed an extra day, so I, I didn't leave until yesterday from San Francisco. So I, I went into the city. <laughs> Jimmy's showing us his fancy new knife on camera. Nobody else gets to see it. So I went to uh, the Patreon offices, which we talk about Patreon all the time. 
And so I got to get a tour there, got to talk to Jack Conti, the guy that one of the guys that started Patreon, big hero of mine, really cool dude. And uh, so did an interview with him for my other podcast and then uh, shot some video. And then I just spent the day walking around San Francisco. And I mean, walking around San Francisco, like I had no, I, I didn't look at my phone, no idea where I was going, <laughs> just <laughs> Walking and I kept kind of going for the highest point, so I was just walking up most of the day. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's a brutal, it's brutal, right? I've walked around San yeah. Francisco, not this trip, but you find yourself walking uphill everywhere you go. Oh yeah, and like you got to go in low gear, so you take like little tiny steps. Yeah, like, you know, you think in the beginning it's going to be, I'm going to get a great workout today, but eventually you're like in in first gear, like taking <laughs> yeah. five inch steps until you get to the crest. <laughs> There's all this stuff people kept telling me to see, but it was like I would have to take a cab or take, you know, to get to something. So I just kind of walked, put on, put on some music and walked up. And I ended up in this, uh, found a park called Buena Vista Park. And it's mm-hmm. kind of way up at the top somewhere and you can, it's all wooded. And so we got up there and then was just able to look out, you know, around San Francisco. It was really nice. And then realized I probably shouldn't stay there because the sun was starting to go down. So <laughs> I took off. <laughs> So I just wandered around and then uh, came back yesterday, did a bunch of video and audio editing on the plane, which was kind of nice. Oh, loved your show from the plane, by the way, David. Oh, thanks. That yeah, was fun. Very, yeah. It was very good. Did you get any weird looks? Uh, there was a guy sitting behind me and you can kind of see him in the video through the cracks kind of looking at me. Um, you pointed at you pointed at him a few times. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm trying to talk as loud as I can and I'm moving my arms all around as I'm talking. You know, I'm a little animated and... Um, I wouldn't have been able to do it if there was a stranger beside me. There's no way I could have done that. So it was the window, me, and and Kelly and had a good time recording it. It was cool. pretty good. And I, I, I really like the feel of it. So I might try to do more shows where I'm just kind of, I might, maybe I go to the coffee house and record a show from there. You know, maybe I go to the bar. Maybe that's more appropriate, right? Go to the bar and record a show from there. Mm. So it's a, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, my, something I might try in the future. I like your your interview with Jack Conti. Oh, thanks. You, you you mentioned a little bit ago that he's your hero, and he's your hero for more than one reason. Yeah, he's he's also in a cool band, correct? Yeah, he's in a great band. They're called Pomplamoose, and they're they're like one of the original YouTube bands. Like, kind of got started on YouTube. And uh, yeah, the way he did music and video on YouTube is one of the reasons I got into doing music and video on YouTube, which led me to this. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah, it was pretty cool getting to meet him just because, you know, he's a he has no idea who I am or anything like that. But he's had in in watching him and learning from him, he's had a pretty big impact on how I got to where I am. So that was it was just cool. You know, it was nice to meet somebody like that. And he was really nice and gracious. And all the people at Patreon are super cool. Awesome. And they're like, showed me secret stuff that's coming soon. And I got to find out how stuff works behind the scenes and, you know, stuff like that. It was nice. pretty let's, awesome. Let's talk about that. <laughs> I was sworn to secrecy. <laughs> awesome. It's funny being it's funny being out in the Silicon Valley. The, you remember we went to the pizza party for uh, Inventables, and uh, I met a few guys, fans of ours, that were there. And I noticed a couple of them kind of talking, and like they got into, into conversations where I can't say anymore because they all work for tech companies. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like, I'm, well, uh, all I could say is this, and then the guy's like, "What about that? Is it like that?" And he's like, 
I can't say anymore. I've already gone too far. You know, like everyone's like, there's all these like tech secrets going around San Francisco. It's really cool. That's how yeah. 50% of every conversation is out there, you know? Yeah, yeah. I can't say anymore. Yeah. I've, I've said too much. No, like, I just was, I was with my friend here who, uh, who has some inside track to Apple. And I just said to her, I go, are they going to make this change or that change? I go blink if you know. And she's like, I can't say anything. I can't even pretend to, to blink or anything. She's like, I'm sworn to secrecy. I can't say anything. Yeah. So it was just funny. Yeah, it takes up stuff pretty seriously. So yeah. Jimmy was talking about we all went to Inventables at a party and invited a bunch of people and we got to be there and got to see some of the new electronics that they're working on and just hang out with those guys. That was really cool. Um that was very nice. Saw them at the fair too. So let's talk about the fair. Yeah. Oh, by the way, since uh, well talking about the fair, um hanging out at the fair, I was hanging out with um uh, uh Zach from Inventables mm-hmm. and um he invited me to be in the book that you guys are in. So I'm going to do a chapter now. Oh, nice. Awesome. Yeah. So we already emailed about it. I told him, uh, it's funny. Uh, I told him about a video that I put on make a couple, couple of weeks ago where I used the CNC to make an impression in a, in, you know, as a means to an end and the end would be an impression or an embossing in a book cover. And I explained it to him and he was like, Whoa, you can do that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's pretty easy. All you need is a CNC machine. <laughs> and he's like, really? <laughs> so, so I'm going to reinvent that, that video and I'm going to do that process. Plus, one other process we discussed. I'm going to do a chapter for that for those guys on that. So I'm excited that they invited me for that. Nice. So yeah. that's fun. So this book but, that Jimmy's talking about, all three of us have a chapter in this future CNC book put out by Make and Inventables. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. But Make Affair. Getting back to the original concept here, the conversation that Make Affair was just incredible. It was just it was so good for the three of us to be together. We finally got to meet in person for the first time the three of us, and uh, we got to hang out and, and meet a lot of fans that were there. So thank you to any of the fans that support us that are listening and uh, that got to meet us and hang out. We got to meet Steve Ramsey, which was cool. Uh, so we got to hang out with Steve for a few minutes. But when I met Steve, I'm like, hey, what's up? I'm like, I feel like I already know you, so we really want to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just hung out for a few minutes. Like, Let's take some pictures, then you go do your thing. And uh, <laughs> I noticed somebody did tell me that when I, I did my conversation with Mike Sinise at the end of the day, too, that Steve was in the audience. So Steve, thank you for listening. I didn't realize that somebody told me you were sitting there. Yeah. Um, so that was very cool. But uh, there was some incredible things. I I know now that uh, I have to save my money for a couple of big projects I want to purchase that I saw at Make Affair. So oh. um, yeah, my my big thing that you know it's so funny when I'm in like an, a, an antique shop or if I go to like a car dealer, if I go to Home Harbor Freight, or if I go somewhere, if I get near something and I start like getting sweaty a little bit and I start being like, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like when you see the sexy girl in the bar and you're like, you know, if you don't say hi to her, you're going to totally miss an opportunity. I feel that way about like needing to buy products. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the, the one thing I was, this, this really, uh, gracious young man with his kids came over and said, can I get a picture with you? And, I immediately said to his like five-year-old, where did you get that? The kid was holding a, a sh- piece of sheet metal with a dinosaur cut out of it. Did you guys see that yeah, going around? That. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. I said, where did you get that? And the kid goes, I don't know. And the father goes, oh, if you go over into the fabrication tent, there's a CNC machine. So all of day one, of course, we got so busy, I didn't get a chance to really walk around the fair. So the first thing I wanted to do the, the beginning of day two was, was go find that CNC maker. And then also because we spoke to Avid, Avidad from, uh, from Shaper, I wanted to go see the router, the Shaper router, which was also another big, I think is going to be a big item in the future. Right now they have a working prototype 
and they have working looks like sample models, but they're not in production yet. And so the CNC, the, the plasma cut CNC for me was a big one. And then shape the shaper router. And uh, they just joined Instagram. They joined me today. So you can look for shaper on Instagram. Yeah, we and, should explain what that is, yeah. though. But that was yeah. my favorite thing that I saw there because that's yeah. the that's the machine that spoke to me most as a woodworker. Yeah. So yeah. explain yeah. it, David. So basically, you can take a drawing, you can draw it up on the computer, and then uh, you import it into. So it's it's a handheld router, just like any other handheld router, but it has a computer on it and a little screen, and the where the Kala is, uh, it's that's all computer controlled. So once you have your design in the computer and you put your router down to the wood, that bit will only cut um, that, that, that drawing that it has in its memory. So, and if you, so you, you, you kind of follow a line that's on the screen. And if you go outside the line, there's a tolerance, there's like an inch tolerance on each side of the line. So as, as you sway, the, the collet moves the bit into position. And if you sway too much, it raises the bit and you cannot route outside of what you drew. It's it's cr- it's crazy. I don't even know yeah. if I explained it well enough, but it's Yeah, it's so I, I awesome. tell people, because I, I explained it to a couple of people uh, since I left, and it's basically like if you put a router on top of a secondary base, so if you have like a sheet of plastic with a hole in the middle of it, and then you put your router on top of that, so that your router can slide on the base that you slide on the wood. And so the router is being slid around computer controlled. So it has a tolerance of, say, like you said, about a one and a quarter inch diameter circle around the cutting head. So as you stay close to the line, if you're looking on the map, it's sort of imagine a Google Maps and you're watching your blue dot drive through space. That blue dot is the actual tip of the router. If you kind of stay close to it, it will compensate for your human inaccuracies and stay computer controlled on the line that you're staying very close to. And once you go completely outside of that line, the router goes up in its Z axis and won't cut anywhere outside of its intended location. Yeah, and the same thing happens if you lift the router off the table, right? It, it retracts yeah. the, yeah. 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 And yeah. I was sold just on the idea of like importing a file into the, into the router and cutting it out on a piece of wood. And then when I was there at, at the booth, they showed me uh, the technology where you can, so let's say you have a sheet of plywood and you draw, you draw one, you draw different points on there. You move the router to those points and you register it. Point A, point B, point C, point D. And then you turn the router on, it will draw that image that you just pointed out to the machine. So you don't even need a computer to use this. You can actually draw it out on sheet goods or on the piece of wood that you're using. Yeah. And Crazy. just super awesome machine. Yeah. It, yeah, it was one of the like the biggest, I think, I mean, there's tons of tech at Maker Faire. You know, there's tons of microcontrollers and computers and all sorts of stuff. But that was one of the most like advanced, interesting pieces of tech that I saw. Never saw yeah, anything hard, like that. It's hard to be, I've been to about five maker fairs in a row now, including New York. And, and uh, I've about five years in a row and I've been to both New York and San, San Mateo. So it's, it's difficult to go through there and see something that is unique. Like, oh, 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 wow. This is something I really haven't seen before. Mm. Uh, typically you, you walk through Make a Fair and you say, oh, this is another version of a 3D printer. This is another version of a CNC maker. This is another version of an Arduino. So it's hard to see something. It, it, it's it's so nice and refreshing to see something that's completely like new invention, so to speak. You know, And then in a way it, it is derived from a CNC. It's basically, it's like a handheld in the air CNC machine. Um, so I'm really curious to see where it's going to go in the next couple of years because I feel it's a product 
that is in its infancy. And of course, it's probably going to get some some knockoffs. And you know, the if you're in the invention business, it's common knowledge that the minute you put your invention out, it becomes you know obsolete in quotes because now all the other inventors and engineers are immediately dissecting it and finding out all your flaws and, and correcting them. Yeah. So, you know, you work when you're, you're an inventor, you work in a vacuum, you, you do the best you can to try and solve all the problems that are necessary in the world of that invention. But the minute you show it to somebody else, that's an inventor, they'll go, well, why didn't you do this? And you just like bang yourself on the side of the head and you go, it just didn't come to me. And so that's what happens when an invention like this is out in the world automatically, especially in the world of, of make a space and make, make a fair and, and, you know, the world of tech, people are going to dissect that and immediately come up with 10 new inventions that that you know are born from that fruit so yeah it's interesting to see yeah and you're you're totally right about the <clears throat> i mean that's this is the first maker fair that i've been to of the of the scale I've been to the atlanta one it's a lot smaller but you're right in that like 3d printers there's a billion 3d printers there's a billion cnc machines there's a billion microcontrollers there's you know tons of like little sensory things where you can like turn bananas into like buttons and you know stuff like that <laughs> Uh, and it's really it's really interesting to see all that stuff um but there were fewer things that really stood out so anybody that's not been to a maker fair the way this one was set up is there were it was huge first of all tons of people but there were several big tents there was one that was a manufacturing i guess that's what they called a manufacturing tent and it was all the cnc 3d printing that type of stuff and uh then there was one that was all like handmade goods you know plush things and and clothing and then there was like one that was all food there was one that was all dark and it was about lighting and installations which was actually pretty interesting you know because they had these big there was a lot of wearables uh, yeah a lot of wearables um there in this big dark room there was an inflatable forest and so it was these big inflatable tree things with leds on the inside of them so they glowed and you could kind of walk through the forest it's pretty cool um but so that room was, you know, just full of lights and there were people selling LEDs and EL wire and all that stuff. Um, but there were just all these pockets of different types of stuff and you can wander around through the fair. I mean, I, I had still, after two or three days, I still had no idea where anything was because it was <laughs> yeah. just like I'd walk out of one space that was full of stuff into another space that was full of stuff. You know? I mean, how yeah. many times were we texting each other and said, hey, let's meet up? And we're all, and like for an hour and a half, like, where are you? I have no idea where I'm at. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> it was so hard to meet anybody. Yeah. yeah. The And then all the, everyone always says, what is this fair compared to the New York fair? The, the fair in, in San Mateo is, is, is bigger and better than New York, in my opinion, because San Mateo has all the Burning Man people and the whole Burning Man influence. And you got those mm. those big giant steel machines that are built on top of cars, like that sexy Nautilus, that big beautiful Nautilus, kind of look like you know twenty thousand leagues under the sea. Yeah, that that thing. And then you have um, the big snail that was near it. All oh, these are all big motorized things. Did you guys see the big giant rhinoceros? Yeah, in the way back. Yeah, and uh, you know, did you see the robot? Like, uh, I forget the name of the company that sponsored this big giant robot. It looked like uh, RoboCop. And oh it yeah, shot yeah. Paintballs at cars. I think I didn't get to see it in action, but I did get to see it afterwards. I think it was uh, huge. as they were as they were wrapping up. Yeah, so I got to climb on it, and look inside it, and stuff. <laughs> I didn't see it moving. Did you see the big giant uh, octopus on top, like the golf ball octopus leggy thing that moved around, made out of sheet metal? No. How no. did I miss that? I could have sworn <laughs> I got to everything. No, in the back. I could only imagine because if the back, you know, that back back lot. Did you guys see the steam engine, the big giant steam engine crew? No. 
Oh, you guys missed it. I took a little bit of video. I'll try to include it in one of the, in one of the, the videos I'm going to do. Um, there was a, when I walk through Maker Fair, there's always like, it's funny. Like I get like a little seed planted in my, you know, in my thinking brain. It's like, you have to do this in the future. So walking through Maker Fair, like for instance, I talked about the, the plasma cut CNC machine. There's a company called CNC Parts. They're in Oregon and they sell a, an affordable two by four foot plasma cut CNC machine. And I definitely am going to buy one from those guys. It comes, uh, it comes much like the inventable stuff. It comes in pieces. So it makes it affordable. A machine that would otherwise be $20,000 is like under 10, um, because they sell it, you know, there's, there's ranges of size and you know, what you get with it would also increase and decrease the price. So I talked to those guys for a while. So that's something I'm going to do. But one thing as far as a hobby that I'm going to pick up after watching uh, some of the stuff is the steam guys. They have these, these old guys, they're all like steam engine nerds that like, you know, you have the steampunk guys that are just kind of into this fantasy role play, but these are the steam engine guys that actually play with metal and steam, real steam. Mm. And they have the steam motors and they have like a boiler and they have hoses connected to steam engines that propel factory machines. And in one case, these guys had this small steam engine propelling and rotating the flywheel on the printing press, which happens to be the same exact printing press that I own. Oh, wow. my, my old vintage printing press. So now, uh, I, like I said, it planted the seed in my mind. I have to get a steam engine now. So I have to find a steam engine restore it, make a video of it and just, you know, get into that whole world. Cause I just sit there and I was just like, I'm asking the guys a million questions, like a six year old and this runs this. And how did you get this? And how old is this? And when did they stop making this? So steam engine stuff is, is now another cool, cool thing. And, and it's, you know, it's a total, it's got a whole series of nerds on its own. So when I make my <laughs> steam engine video, I'm sure I'm going to have the haters. <laughs> that's what you do, right? Yeah. Cause I'll do it differently. <laughs> I'll do something <laughs> No, but I got that's that's one bug I picked up is the steam engine guys. I saw them a couple of years ago, but this year I took a really close look, and um, you know I thought maybe it would be interesting to be able to try and run my printing press that way mm. when I get around to it. So, and then one other thing, just to open up a conversation with you guys, is did you happen to see and notice a lot of the six pointed arms, which are basically the big robot arms that you see in a, in a car factory welding those big giant uh, robot arms? Yeah, yeah. The guy, the guys at the Google, uh, there was a Google. Uh, a pavilion that had lots of Google stuff. And one of them was the six pointed arm thing. And it was just, it's just, they're showing a robot. But in my mind, I started talking to some of the people about, you know, how can I utilize that to do stuff in my shop? Not necessarily like robot assemble stuff, but to have a cutting head on it and how you could do like a full on hmm. 3d environment and cut something with it. The most so dangerous some, robot ever. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The, the one there, they had a, they had a knife in its hand. I love how like we just you see stuff that you don't expect to see and then you're just completely inspired to do all this yeah. stuff, right? Like we're all ready to go back home and, and just build and make stuff. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna start looking. I mean, I just reminded myself to look on Craigslist while I'm traveling back towards New York to see if I could find an old steam engine. Because I have my truck with me, so I'll just throw it in the back of the truck. So I'm gonna look on Craigslist for an old steam engine. <laughs> so, Sweet. So nice. it's kind of like the size of a gas pump. That's the one I'm looking for. It's not like a, not like the front of a, an old locomotive or something right. like that. Oh, well, that's no fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a little cow catcher so, in the front. So there was a bunch of other stuff like you were talking about the Burning Man, you know, type vehicles. Did you see there was a, a, a giant horse? There was a vehicle with a giant yeah. black horse coming off the front of it. Did so, you notice the horse is made out of rubber tires? Yeah, so they showed it to me. It's it's this. I, I'll have it in the video that I'm putting together. Um, 
But yeah, it's sculpted tires. And then they're also, for next year, they were saying that they're working on a tiki version. And so they had half of one of these tiki masks over there. And I mean, it's really hard to explain how this is done. There was a woman back there with a knife cutting up tires, big tires, and with a nail gun. And she was just nailing them to each other over a steel frame. It was crazy. And she was just back there working, you know, making this tiki mask. And that was one thing I thought was really cool because not only was this like a show and tell where you got to see a lot of the stuff, but there were people like her more on the artisan kind of side of things where they were actually there doing the work. And so you could see mm-hmm. some of the process. Which I thought was really good because, you know, it's easy to to look at some new piece of tech or some computer thing and not have any idea like how it came to be or, you know, any of that stuff. But some of the more artisan stuff was being done there. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, there was some blacksmith crews there mm-hmm. yeah. hammering and making some stuff out of steel. And, uh, of course, there was lots of huge sculptures with lots of gas-powered flames shooting out of them. Oh, did you see that there was an organ that shot flames and there was a yeah. woman controlling it with a keytar? Did you notice that? Uh, I did, yeah. I think I saw that for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, that yeah. was cool. There's that. And then there was a dude walking around the entire time. I mean, I saw him probably 20 times. He had on a gas mask and a green <laughs> jumpsuit and was pushing this cart that had a robot playing a snare drum. And as far as I could tell, that's all it was. Like, I, I don't know. It sounded like a bunch of fuzz on like four TVs. Nothing yeah. really <laughs> sounded like anything tangible. Yeah. It sounded like his robot needed to be tuned up. <laughs> but it was interesting. He was just kind of rolling around, you know, yeah. moving through. So what was the, uh, for you guys, what was the weirdest thing mm. you saw at Maker Fair. I saw this guy in a gas mask pushing a snare drum. <laughs> <laughs> you can't use that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, can I, before we answer that question, Bob, I'm going to apologize to you right now in front of everybody. When we sat on the stage and the Anthony, oh, the microphone, man. and he, I really, because like, I mean, you know, this is full disclosure. I've been to about hundred AA meetings in my life. I've been cleaning sober for about 30 years. Um, when you so as a joke, I thought I was like at an AA meeting. I was going to say, "Hi, I'm Jimmy, and I like to make stuff." And as it came out of my mouth, everybody laughed because right next to me is Bob. I like to make stuff, so it would have been funnier if I was the second person and not the first person. So. <laughs> it was I hilarious. Thought it was, I thought it was actually really funny. <laughs> I, I, like, but we, I totally I stole your steam, and I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it at all. It wasn't. I was just thinking like AA. I'm Jimmy, and I like to make stuff. So. Well, you know, and I appreciate that, but at the same time, I don't really believe you because I watched the video. <laughs> <laughs> it sure looked intentional, but I thought it no, was really funny. So. As it was coming out of my mouth, that's when I realized I screwed up. I as thought, it, so I'm I, like, I, I just had to go with it. I wasn't going to stutter. I so <laughs> I so thought it was intentional because it just set the tone for the rest of the uh, uh, the talk, and it was so hilarious. I watched it three or four times on the video, oh. and I'm like. That's so hilarious. Like Jimmy's a genius because you just set the tone right there. Well, I guess I was we embarrassed. <laughs> I guess we should talk about that. We yeah. haven't even mentioned. We, we the reason the three of us went there was to do a panel um with Mike Sinise and it was on epic fails, which is a topic we had, you know, done a show about a while back. But I think we we covered some like different stuff, you know. Yeah. But um it was in a room that was way bigger than I expected. There were a lot <laughs> more pe- more people there than I expected and but we had a good time talking and that room feels it. good. And you know, the best thing about being at Make Affairs, you're in a room full of people that actually want to hear what you say. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're playing to an audience of people that are, that are engaged and that's, and, and there's nothing better than that. Like, you're in a room full of people that are on your side and want to hear what you have to say. 
And there was some really good questions at the very end, some young kids asking some good questions. And I've actually emailed with a couple of those young kids, cool. you know, asking me details about shops and how to make stuff and, and things. Sweet. So it's very, it's very rewarding. I think it's yeah. great. And Mike did a great job. I, I love hanging out with Mike. Mike is becoming a big champion of all of us. Mm-hmm. So, so shout out to Mike for, for, for taking care of us there in a couple of other ways too. So Definitely. thank you, Mike. Yeah, that was so fun. Hopefully that full video gets put out on Mike's website soon. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully. Okay, so weirdest thing you saw, David. Oh man. Um I guess I wasn't ready for the the giant like cardboard suits <laughs> that people were walking like so like I I don't even know how to describe it. A guy in stilts with like a cardboard costume around him, kind of like a robot, just walking through the crowd. And there was a couple of these things that were just kind of like you just stop your conversation and you you watch this thing walk by you. You know, I wasn't ready for all that. Yeah. Weird well, and awesome. Weird and awesome. <laughs> yeah, same with me. I mean, as far as like straight up weirdness goes, we talked about the guy with the gas mask and the snare drum. That guy is weird. He's probably still walking in the parking lot. He doesn't even make a fair end. <laughs> but as far as like weird inventions go, I saw, did you guys see the, the sand pit with the, with, the, uh, with the CNC marble that rolls around in the sand pit? No. Oh, that, that thing was awesome. I'll tell you, this guy just came up with this kind of, it's just an artistic invention that really has no practical purpose other than you just sit there and you stare at it and you go, that thing is cool. And you've seen the sand pits, right? Like the Zen, the Zen sand gardens with a rake and like that has a pendulum that swings and you could start the pendulum and it makes a spiral. And this guy came up with a, it's a magnet that's underneath a big giant sand dish and the magnet is CNC controlled underneath on a swinging pivot arm. So you have a, a, a pivot arm that spins right underneath. The, you don't see this. Um, and then on that pivot arm, there's a magnet that slides up and down it. So you have full, you could trace the bottom of this dish in the full girth and in a full area. And then you put a marble in the sand on top. And so now it's CNC controlled. The marble basically walks its way through the sand, leaving oh. its footprint. So you could have it say a word. You could have the sand just make a pattern over and over. And they had a they had a sand pit that was maybe six feet in diameter, and you know it was so you could look in it and right along the edge. It said, "Please don't touch," because kids were immediately reaching in and grabbing the marble. But the marble was magnetically controlled and just drawing a, a repetitive like argyle pattern in the sand. Hmm. You know, the whole it was like maybe ten square feet. It was really big. Um, so it was it was. Pretty amazing. I just saw that and I thought to myself, that's the beginning of, you know, that someone's going to see that at Make a Fair and then turn that into a, uh, an invention of, of manufacture or, you know, reductive or, or additive manufacturing somehow, some way. So that was cool. And then one other thing on that same note was the guy who had the, uh, the CNC pen. Did you see the pen that would literally hang in gravity on a board? So it was a pen. Imagine you, you, there's two uh, CNC knobs that hang at the top, the left and right of a, of a big easel. And then off of those two knobs, string hangs. And then at the apex of the string is a, like a weighted mechanism that carries a pen. And then just the, the contrast of these two knobs pulling and turning will move that pen all around the paper hmm. and draw and make a drawing that's pre-programmed into it. Hmm. So the, the thing just wiggles around the paper for hours and then time you thought, you know, you have a, a photographic real drawing of something that it might, you know, something that was turned in from a DFX file or something. Man, there's huh. so much that I didn't even get to see everything. That's, that's so cool. Yeah, I yeah. thought I'd gotten through it all, but obviously I missed quite a bit. Well, just in the context of that was right across the, the tent from, from Shaper, the guy with the pen. Ah. Uh-huh. So, 
Yeah, some of those big tents, like the manufacturing one, and then the uh, control, like controller and computer one, were just really dense. Like there was, I mean, obviously a lot of people, but even the booths were just really dense together, so it was easy to miss stuff. You know. Yeah, the early part of day two, I got there right right before it opened. I guess it opened at at ten. Uh, it was when the gates opened. I got there at nine, and I walked her all around really quick. And as I was walking through the fair, you know, meeting the people before the crowd. I thought to myself, wow, there's so much empty space in these tents. I mean, they could have probably put a few more <laughs> exhibits in them. But then I walked through at noon to try and get back over to Shaper. <laughs> and I couldn't even walk through them. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wow. So, you know, they, they knew what they were doing when they left all this empty space. And it was just full of people yeah. and kids and kids. You know? Yeah, lots and lots of kids, lots of families, which I thought was awesome. Yeah. So, Bob, what was the weirdest thing? Um. Well, the gas mask guy... <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely the weirdest thing. Um, I don't know. I, I, as far as like just oddly cool, um, there was a, I don't know what it was called, but there was this big kind of art installation of tape. Mm, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everything made out of tape. Yeah. And it was like a corner of a building. So two walls and then the floor. And there was a path through it. But it wasn't just like little things. It was like the walls were covered with these big color patterns. And then the floor was like, flowers and really densely decorated little things and it was all made out of different types of tape and i can't even imagine how much time and how many how many man hours are in that because it, it was just you know purely for art's sake yeah which is yeah. fantastic but um a lot a lot of time there one of the coolest things and this is just totally the nerd side of me is the uh, r2d2 builders club oh, they had no, they oh they had like six or seven R two D fully functional R two D twos there, and one of them you know most of them looked like you would expect, and then there was one that was pink and white instead of blue and white, and there was one that had like missing panels so you could kind of see some of the inside of it, and they were like different colors, but that just seems like one of the coolest projects to ever do to me because it's you know it it there's a lot of different stuff to it there's a lot of RC control. It's all you know, servo controlled. Uh, there's like plastic making. There's milling. There's it's got an aluminum dome on the top that you have to pound out yourself and like get it the right shape. It's not actually a dome. It's kind of an egg shape. Apparently, some guy told me. And <laughs> so you know, they look I, so authentic. They look great. And I mean, then so I saw them in this little booth, and there's a you know they're rolling around in a closed area. And then we were just actually watching you talk, Jimmy, at one of the other things. This dude just goes down the street behind one and it's just rolling around beeping at people and everything and I jumped up and ran over and like got video of it and it was just kind of running circles around it man it, uh they're so cool so cool but you know uh one thing else I got I, another bug I got and I actually went to go buy an, uh, uh, one that was sold out I want to buy a, uh, a a chopper with a, with a camera on it so now I got the bug I want to get a uh, I want to get a drone mm. So I'm gonna I, I gotta I gotta talk to my friend Lucas. Lucas does the uh, on make on the make channel. He does uh, the uh, the hanger. It's uh, the make hanger, and it's oh, yeah. about yeah. yeah Lucas Weekly. Uh, so I I emailed with him while I was at the show. I said, "Are you here?" And he said, "No, unfortunately, I didn't make it." But um, so I went into the uh, to the maker shed where you could buy stuff, and I wanted to buy a drone. And the one that was uh, somewhat like entry level, affordable, was sold out. So the guy said write your email address and we'll ship you one. So I'm waiting to hear from those guys. So I, I want to get, get into playing with one of those. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So awesome. You see, 
these guys are controlling them and they look like hummingbirds. They like immediately stop and move on a dime. And these guys are flying them like, you know, eye level. They're not worried about hurting anybody. I was just so amazed at the, the control that they have. And, you know, they're so confident. And, you know, you don't see anybody, at least I didn't notice anybody getting hurt, but these things are crashing all over the place. But, you know, they just seem to be, and they, they have these really, the one I, I might buy, the blades are only like two inches in diameter. And the whole overall thing is, you know, not bigger than say six inches, seven inches overall. Yeah. And it has a little camera in the bottom. It was like about $150. But it's just amazing how the technology is just keeps getting more and more accessible. So speaking of drones, they had um, drone, I don't know what they called it, drone wars or something like that. But they had this in one of the hangars, they had this big netted area. You know, I saw that, yeah. All the way up, but it had nets hanging and there were bleachers around it and they were having these like dog fight battles with drones. <laughs> it was, at first I walked by it and they weren't really doing it. They were just like, the announcer was up there talking about it and I thought, oh, that's, that seems <laughs> kind of lame, like kind of wasteful. And then I walked by later when they were in the middle of one of them and it was so entertaining. They're just <laughs> knocking each other off and, you know, one of them, a guy had tied a sheet to the bottom of it and so he was flying up and then like, using the sheet to tangle up other people's rotors and knock them down. And and <laughs> yeah, then, and, then so, and these are all big ones. And then somebody got one of those tiny ones that you're talking about that really like fits in your palm. And it flew up and everybody was laughing about it. And it was the one that lasted. Ended up somehow taking down one of the big ones. Huh. It was so much yeah. fun What was watch. awesome was like next to that, that tented area was the tables of everybody repairing their, <laughs> yeah. their drones. Right? It was so cool. Yeah, it's like the the pits and like all the yeah, teams up there yeah. with all their gear and everything. Yeah. yeah. So, well, um, that's probably a good place. We could probably yak and yak about um, Maker Fair all day. I just want to say before we end, my favorite thing about Maker Fair was like reuniting with a bunch of people, hanging out with you guys, seeing Jimmy for the first time, hanging out with mm-hmm. the listeners for the first time, and like meeting yeah. them. That was just, it was so awesome like yes. i was just on really super was. high the entire weekend because that was just gave me so much energy to to meet all those people and reunite with everybody totally yeah, yeah that was it was it was very invigorating and, and energizing to meet the people that you talk to online all year long and you finally put a face to the name yeah so thank you for that yeah really gracious group of people we really appreciate you guys coming out and um, speaking of people that we appreciate, I want to thank uh, Luis Gonzalez, Rick Rhodes, and Chris Cop, especially Chris Cop, because he also gave us a donation on top of his normal Patreon stuff, and that's just awesome. Thank Dude. you, Chris. Thank, thank you. you to all three of those guys. They're our top patrons. We really appreciate everybody from Patreon. Um, and if you guys want to help support the show, Patreon.com/slash/making it. It's the best way to do that. Or you can just go to iTunes and leave us a review and a rating. That helps quite a bit. And um, find us on Twitter, Making It Podcast, and let us know what you think. And if you have any ideas for future shows or topics or stuff, that's the way to do it. Um, So where can we find out about everybody? David. You can find me at drunkenwoodworker.com, and that has everything you need to know about me. JimmyDeresta.com, and my shop is up now, so you can buy hats and shirts, and there's new stuff coming every week. Nice. Nice. Finally. The yeah. shop is finally. finally there. It's finally. <laughs> awesome. All my stuff's at I like to make stuff.com, um, including that new episode of Brain Pick with Jack Conti. So go check that out if you want to. And uh, that'll do it for this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank See you. Next you. Time. Thank you very much.